Why is it difficult to date a religious digital marketer? They won't stop trying to convert you. <laughs> that's good. I think that's a good one. I'm very good at jokes. Not sure about the performance marketing ones, but yeah. Today, we're talking about the changing rules of internet advertising with performance marketer Asaf Yanai. Asaf, who previously founded two media companies of his own, now leads Growth at Yellowhead, an AI and technology-based performance marketing agency based in Tel Aviv. Yellowhead's clients include both scrappy young startups and giant companies like Procter & Gamble, and their AI creative tool, Allison, has been deployed on projects at every scale. In our chat, Asaf and I discussed the rapidly evolving online ad landscape, including the ongoing battle between Apple and Facebook for your advertising dollars, and what all this change means for marketers and the internet in general. Plus, AI marketing tools, the future of advertising, and why going viral isn't even a thing anymore. There's a ton to cover, so let's get into it. Maybe to start, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Yellowhead? Absolutely, yeah. So Yellowhead is a technology-based performance marketing agency. Um, we serve a very large variety of clients, uh, more than 600 uh, different brands. We're working with small-scale startups that have just started and they're looking to find a way you know, into the growth ecosystem, but also medium-sized and large-sized and even huge organizations uh, that we're working with. Yellowed was, uh, it's a funny story because Yellowed was actually founded nine years ago by two Israeli entrepreneurs that they, they had a very long career at the uh, 888.com, the gaming company. And then they founded Yellowhead. And the first ever service that they offered was organic services, both SEO and ASO. What is SSO and ASO? Okay, so ASO is App Store Optimization, basically how you optimize the store listing uh, of a mobile application to appear uh, higher in rankings, to uh, gather more organic users. And SEO is for websites, kind of the same, uh, same thing. We cheaply call it uh, ranking first on Google, but it's not that easy. Um, so it's basically improving your organic traffic and, and site ranking. So this was the first ever service that we offered. And since then, the company is really booming. I'll give you a reference. So I'm the VP, VP growth uh, here at Yellowhead, and I joined the company seven and a half months ago. And just for reference, we were 80 people, and now we're 120. So we're growing very rapidly. Um, and outside of the organic services that I've just highlighted, we also offer a very sophisticated uh, paid user acquisition that we obviously use our proprietary technology for creative analysis. And we combine it with our creative production capabilities. So basically, we're, a, we're an agency that provides a very much of a holistic uh, approach to digital marketing and digital growth uh, overall. We look at both organic paid, but also technology, meaning AI and computer vision algorithms, for example. We, we take all those uh, three main uh, pillars or factors as you know, for, for us, these are the keys, the keys to success. It's paid, organic, and technology combined together. I know that Yellowhead does a lot of, um, has a big focus on AI and using AI to really enhance performance marketing. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, but also about how did, how did that get started? 
That's a brilliant question, actually. So, you know, now, nowadays there are many AI solutions for marketing, for uh, analysis, um, many uh, different implications. But actually, our uh, AI engine came uh, out of a necessity. So we're a performance marketing agency. We serve the, the biggest and the best clients in the world. And we want to offer them, you know, the best um, uh, platform for growth. So we're very much on top of the industry and we're very much alert to everything that is going on. So I'll give you a few, few hints to why our technology or why we started the, uh, the technology. So Google and Facebook, you know, they're shifting very, very heavily. Their, their ad, uh, ad campaigns, they're shifting very heavily towards full automation. Uh, full automation, they're saying, just give me the, give me the creative, give me a simple targeting, a little bit of bids, and then I'll do the trick, like a black box. So by doing that, they uh, shifted most of the focus towards the creative, but they didn't provide us as marketers or even you know uh, companies and advertisers, they didn't provide us with additional layers of data that we can rely on when analyzing or building on creatives. So this is one aspect. The second aspect is that we wanted to come up with different angles to creative, to production, to you know innovation within digital marketing and display, display advertising. So we really boosted our uh, creative production capabilities with 3D uh, creatives, playable ads, and you know state-of-the-art assets, basically. And then what we do is we combine it with our AI engine. So the, the, this mix all together creates a, a winning formula that we can outbeat and kind of crack both uh, the automated uh, 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 campaigns by, uh, by Facebook, like the AAA, but also the Google AC. Um, so we're really able to tap into this data, understand what's really working within the creatives, and then use our AI and machine learning um, together with the computer, computer vision algorithms to find the best formulas for the next creative uh, productions. Well, I want to really dive into this so that uh, so that I understand, because um, I'm learning about this just now, but also, um, you know, our listeners, are we talking about like when we're looking at specific is it specific words in an advertisement is it the is it the pictures is it like oh this this cat jumping around is really good is it the colors i mean what what is the ai doing so i'll give you an example i think it's the most easiest thing to do so let's take a creative for example a 15 second video okay that we're running on facebook um okay this creative has a background has a a, a voiceover sound text in it, characters, animation, the, the logo appears, and all the technical aspects, like what's the duration like? How long is the video, right? Um, what animations do we have there and what's the purpose? So we are now able, okay, to break those creatives, those very elaborate videos, 15, 13, uh, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, even one minute or three minutes, we're able to break them down into the little tiny elements that consists the creative. And then we're able to get them apart and then cross-reference with the performance that each uh, element triggered. So basically we're dismantling creatives into the elements within the creative and we're using the AI to find the best formulas. 
we're, we're talking a lot about videos, right? And yeah. it sounds like you work with a lot of videos, but I'm wondering, like, you know, crafting a video is a complicated thing. And if we, like, how good is the AI at really helping, you know, in a video? Because, you know, if you like, oh, well, this is the element. It's like the punchline of a joke. You, you still need the lead up. Or do I have it totally wrong? No, no, it's, it's only one part of the equation. And you're absolutely correct there. So yeah. one part of the equation is using the right elements, right? Using the right um, technicalities or the right um, uh, features within the creative to serve the purpose that you're looking for. For example, ROI. Well, most of our clients, all they're looking for is ROI. Everyone is looking for ROI. <laughs> we all know it. So we're able to then identify the exact elements that are actually triggering the highest ROI within the creatives, for example. Then we obviously combine it with our uh, concept building and storyboard building capabilities to come up with a winning formula for creative. But let me give you another hint. So this is only two-thirds of the equation. Why? Because our AI engine can also do that for our direct competitors. So for a client of us, we're not only able to tap into the data derived from their own creatives, we're also able to tap into the data derived from their direct competitors' creatives and then combine it as a feedback within the creative production process. <laughs> so in short, instead of just uh, um, um, basing the creative out of guesswork and the subjective skill or capability of a design person or a design team, we are now able to use data from your own creatives that already has performance attached to it. We're able to take data from your direct competitors' creatives that also we can correlate with performance. And to that, we mix or combine our human capabilities, our exceptional creative concepts and artists that they kind of you know, take it all together and, and form the winning creatives. And I can tell you that we checked over 100,000 videos and we've evaluated over 100 million elements. And overall, we were able, only by using the AI, we were able to increase our clients' uh, CTRs at least by 200% and the return on ad spend at least by three times. Wow. Uh, well, okay, this is amazing. I, so I know Yellowhead has... Something like 120 people today you mentioned. What does the team makeup look like in order to accomplish this? Like how many people are working on actual creative? How many are there data scientists, you know, AI experts? What does the team look like to do this? So I, I don't think many uh, performance agencies could achieve this, this level of technology. And the reason is that you need so many different skills, right? You need so many different little expertise, the Facebook expertise, because our platform runs on Facebook, obviously, and Google and Snapchat and TikTok and all of the social platforms and then all of the SDK. So this is only one position that we have within the, the team. And this is like the media buyer, the account manager or the strategist. Then... We mix it with the creative studios. So we have more than 40 professionals within the creative studio. So it's graphic designers, motion artists, storyboard artists, concept artists, copywriters. So all working together. This is uh, the, the design team. We have the, you know, the, the product team that is working on Allison. This is the name of our of our technology, our creative analysis technology. So they're working on Allison, making it, you know, as 
as uh, sleek and as unique as possible. And then the BI and the uh, data team working tirelessly on perfecting the algorithms and perfecting the statistical models behind those AI engines. So this is kind of how the team looks like. Yeah, I would say that the product team has uh, probably 10 or 15 people in it and kind of the same for the data and AI. And our uh, media team is actually... Uh, second largest or maybe third largest because uh, the better you go with technology and the better you get with technology the less people you need this is you know this is uh, very obvious but we want to rely on the mixture on those you know the the mixture of all those uh, uh, positions together when you're working with a new client or you know you work with some of the biggest clients in the world Procter and Gamble are you Correct. putting a tech, a tech team plus a creative team together? Or is it like a creative team plus strategy team? And actually the tech team's kind of in the background working with all the clients. So we form what we call a partner squad. So within Yellowhead, the, every new client has its own squad. So it's on squad and it's, it's a team okay. based off, consists with all of the different positions and the different experts I've just highlighted. So basically every single client that we have, that we serve, has a very wide variety of experts on, on his disposal. So this is why we're able to, you know, find as many areas uh, for growth as possible. And for small startups or any company, this is, I think, the most important thing, how you get... I you squeeze as much performance as possible from every single dollar. Hey, do you like our show? I do too. If you want to support the startup stack, the best way to do that is by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Also, send dad jokes, or if you have them, actual good jokes, to podcast at rocketplace.com. Feel free to send us feedback there too. I want to kind of transition a little bit to... You know, you giving advice to companies out there that might be thinking about working with a performance marketing agency. I'm wondering, as I listen to you, the level of technology you're employing, it seems really unique from a performance marketing perspective. You know, if I'm a company out there, should I be coming to Yellowhead as my first performance marketing agency? Or is it actually better if you've been maybe doing it for a while, maybe with a couple consultants here and there, and it's like, no... Your ad spend is now actually at this level, and you really want to take your performance marketing to the next level. We bring this huge multidisciplinary team. That's when people are ready. I mean, uh, you tell me, like, when should when should a company be hiring a firm like you? I really want to put you on my team, Luis, because <laughs> it's it's a, it's a, <laughs> you, you, you nailed I'm it hired. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you nailed it right there. It's it's. Uh, it's a perfect quick. It's a perfect question, and I'll explain why. Um, you know, when we're the first experience, the first agency that the company is experiencing, you always have difficulties understanding your own product, understanding your own performance, understanding what you're actually looking for from a supplier, then or from a from a you know a growth a agency, and then things go sideways or things get you know. Uh, not to, not on the best results or best feelings, and and also I think it's also hard for uh, for a small scale uh, startup to work with a company 
that has so much resources because you want you want to have it all right you want to have that the the app store optimization you want to have the seo the the search engine optimization you want to have this amazing ai technology for creative analysis you want to have it all um so i think it's better that you'll have some experience at least working either alone in-house or with a small scale agency and then kind of shift and transition to a more um um to, to a larger agency that can help you grow in many different areas, but also can educate you how to take you to the next level. So this is what we love doing. And I personally love doing, I don't know if I told you, but I'm also um, uh, teaching uh, my own course in a, in an Israeli uh, university called uh, mobile app marketing. So basically I really love uh, teaching and helping you know people step into the the industry and help uh, uh, startups and also at Yellowhead. Let's let's start there. So you're teaching in the uh, university. You're but you're very similar topics. When when you meet people that are really new to performance marketing, and maybe this is companies, maybe this is the people you're teaching. What are the common misconceptions about performance marketing that you hear over and over again? So I think that the biggest misconception is virality. Okay, there is no such thing as virality nowadays. Not for <laughs> okay. not not yeah. for ad, uh, small scale advertisers. Not for newbies. Uh, it, it won't happen. Not commercially, at least. Okay, that's where I'm going to. Not okay. commercially. Maybe socially, yes. Maybe personally. Maybe as a, as an as an item or as a news piece, yes. But commercially, to drive the product, to gain more sales, more revenues. Ah, I wouldn't count on virality. So I think this is the most yeah. common misconception. Let me ask you this. You remember the, the hit uh, Gangnam Style, the, the Korean song? You remember the hit? Sure. The f- yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's the first one to ever hit a billion, uh, a billion uh, views on, on YouTube. Maybe the second after Justin Bieber. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, do you know how much money they spend in the first day? When they launched the, the song? No, I have, I have no idea. So $2 million in the first day. And people thought or uh, thought that this huge boost that they felt is actually virality. And it wasn't. It was ad spend. Plain and simple. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> so, you're basically saying even the things that we think are have gone mega viral are basically, at least to some degree, being driven by ad spend. Absolutely. If it's commercially, if it's a commercial, then yes. Clients come in, people come in, they're, th- you know, they, they want a certain, you know, they, they want something, especially when they're thinking about videos, they want something that's going to be shared. You know, you're kind of like, there's only so much virality, if any, how do you, what's the advice you give to clients on what are the ratios they should be looking for? What's the level of spend they should be thinking about? Okay, so you can't build a business on virality. That's for sure. And we all know it, right? You've worked with uh, many startups and, 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 and enterprises with your days. And I also know you can't build a, a business and you can't, can't build a product on virality. So it's, it's okay. And it's even, it's even good to have it within the mix. I would say somewhere between 15 and 20% of your ad spend should go to virality efforts like influencers, for example, social media influencers. So it's also kind of a virality effect, but don't, don't be mistaken. You're actually paying them, right? So, uh, so this is a, a different sort of ad spend. So I would suggest to allocate anywhere between 15 and 20% of the marketing 
uh, ad spend towards uh, influencers, then another probably 65 to 70% to uh, paid acquisition, and the rest for the organic uh, um, services and some of the technologies that can really help you, you know, gain some advantage over the, over the competition and within the market. How do you advise in terms of measuring results? You know, what, what are, what, you know, when you're working with an influencer, what metrics are you looking at to be like, oh, this is working or this isn't working? And how do you measure results for yourself? Be like, we're doing a good job for this client or not. So for, for ourselves as a, as a company at Yellowhead, we're always trying to align the expectations and, and understand from the client before we go live, before we start all the paid acquisition and everything, we are trying to understand what they're actually looking for. What are they going to be measuring us as an agency upon? How are they going to measure us for, I don't know, ROI? Is it the lowest CPI? Maybe they're the most organic traffic that they can get. So we need to uh, it, it needs to be very clear. So we need to have this this alignment and understand first what they're going to track us and, and, and monitor our progression and our, our performance upon. Then we would, uh, you know, we would highly recommend to try and implement some tools, some technologies. For if it's a if it's a website, so obviously Google uh, Analytics, and if it's a it's a mobile application, then we highly recommend to use an MMP, a marketing measurement platform like AppsFlyer, Just, or Singular, or, or others. Now, Google has the, the Firebase also. It's also fine. Um, so every, you know, every type of device or every type of uh, channel has its own tracking tools. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay so much attention to the tools, but I would say pay more attention to what exactly are you looking for and how you track those specific events that ma matters to you. Because you don't want to track everything also, right? It's, it's, it's sometimes it's too much data and you don't have anything to do with tons and tons and tons of data. You just want the, the, the sweet spots. You want the key factors that drive uh, the performance. So this is what um, I would highly recommend to focus on the major events that are driving either revenues, uh, return on investment, or any sort of performance that you would be looking for. Hey, this is Lewis, here with my Rocketplace co-founder, Ben. Hello. And we are talking to you today from inside our very own brand new rocket ship. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes. Ben? Well, it's, it's kind of rented. No! It wasn't in the marketing budget, Lewis. And beyond that, owning a rocket ship doesn't really explain what Rocket Place is. That we're a curated marketplace of top quality professional service providers. Ugh, I can't believe this. Or that we use intelligent software to pair businesses with world-class firms in everything from finance and accounting to marketing and branding, recruiting, software development, domain name buying, product design and more. Also, it's a podcast. They can't see us. Fine. So now what? Now we enjoy the rocket ship. How long do we have? There's a kid's birthday party at three. Can I fly it? Uh, no. Can I drive it? No. Can I press any of the buttons? Lewis? Just this one? No! Hey, hey, Lewis, don't do that! Uh, we're moving! Why are we moving? How do you stop this? Lewis! 
Rocket Place, world-class firms just a click away. You know, I'd love to maybe ask you what you're seeing out there in the market. Um, you know, so- social influencers is, you know, actually very interesting. I, you know, the level of spend that you're talking about towards influencers is is actually something that I didn't realize was so big. You know, what other trends are you seeing out there today in terms of how you're advising clients or what clients are asking for or in the in the way they're spending money or creating creative? What are you seeing out there? So let, let me tell you a real, uh, a real life story. We're actually working with a very cool startup called Woe. Um, uh, 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 they have a mobile application that teaches people how to dance. And they use a very sophisticated AI engine to kind of walk you through the entire training process and the learning process and really with cool. the, the movements and everything. Um, and the reason, I'm bringing it up, uh, the reason I'm bringing it up because we're seeing so many uh, clever and intelligent uh, applications to different AI tools, right? So I think that AI, you asked me, what, what are we seeing in the industry? So definitely the, the takeover of AI is something that is, is here to stay and it's going to be more and more uh, a normal and a regular part of our products and, and, and lives. Um, you know, now... Uh, I think that in a year or two from now, probably 50% of the application will have any some sort of an AI engine behind it. Um, so AI is definitely uh, definitely one aspect. By the way, if, uh, the the uh, the application I mentioned is is still in uh, is still in beta mode, but I highly recommend you all to to try and and get it. And if you do, you can use the passcode uh, woe four two one. Okay, cool. Put that in the notes. What about like how are the big companies Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook? How how is everything that's going on with changes that they're making? How's that changing SEO and and App Store optimization right now? Uh, f- Facebook and Google, and then uh, they're they're the main driving force of the the uh, ad tech industry, I would say, or the uh, online advertising uh, industry. So they are now shifting, as I said, very heavily towards full automation, AI, kind of a black box uh, tools that make the, the uh, campaign management um, tasks very, very, very easy, extremely easy to perform, uh, almost uh, to extend that a 10-year-old can manage, you know, a million-dollar budget uh, on his own without prior experience. So it's a bit, I know, I know, it's a bit uh, far-fetched, but this is where they're I'll going. Bring my, I'll bring my daughter in to manage the ad budget. <laughs> Yeah, so, so this is what they're actually uh, aiming for, you know, to, to, to make their platform as, as, as simple as and available to everyone so everyone could scale. But um, there's also a downside. They're really trying to pull and squeeze the ad spend out of the advertisers by not letting them understand and seeing what's going on with their creatives or what's going on with their campaigns in general. Um, so I think that the industry is really going towards full automation, the use of this AI and the driving force is definitely the, the, the tech giants. But I think that together with this, we're seeing also a very big shift into the creative side. I think that uh, th- these are the main reasons, but also that, you know, COVID uh, period, 
Now everyone is with the with their mobile phones or the iPads or the, the, the laptops. So the video or the visual aspect of our of our day-to-day life became more and more uh, needed, I think. So advertisers that maybe used to do mainly uh, Google search or just a little bit of display advertising, focusing on banners, maybe focusing on blog posts and those kind of things shifted very heavily towards those uh, those videos and those uh, innovative creatives with cool concepts, cool, cool storyboards that actually attract the, the attention of the user and make them stay uh, longer. So now I think that uh, also in the, in the next few months, we'll see a very fierce competition on the user's attention using videos. Um, so this is also something that is really, I think, uh, shifting within the industry. And, and what about changes to Apple and iOS 14? So Apple and iOS 14 and now 14.5. So what they've done, uh, in, in a nutshell, they allow the users for the first time ever to choose if they want to um, continue with the installation of an application. And uh, because their data is being transformed or passed to third parties. So what they're basically telling you is, hey, are you sure you want to download this app? Because they're transferring your data to a third party. So then you're left out with a few options, right? Either you don't install the, the application at all, or you install the application without passing on the data. And basically you're harming the ability of the advertiser to reach you, uh, properly reach you. Or you say, yeah, no problem. I allow the I allow uh, the application to share my my data. So these are this is what's going on. So this it's a privacy privacy shift. Have you already seen like what percentage of people aren't sharing their personal data? Have you do you have numbers on that? Absolutely. So from numbers that we're seeing now, and it's still early. Uh, it's still early because I think it's gonna it's gonna uh, increase a little bit. But from what we're seeing now, so anywhere between 20 and 40%, because it depends on the vertical, it shifts from the vertical of the application, but anywhere between 20 and 40% of the users are not installing. Okay, so the, the advertisers are actually losing anywhere between 20 and 40% of the red spend, plain and simple, um, just when advertising on iOS. So Facebook and Google are also terrified <laughs> to be so to speak why because facebook and google also won't have the performance data or the user data to understand what's going on within the user funnel so imagine they're going to see a click they're going to see an install and then that's it they're not going to see anything until there will be a purchase or there will be an end conversion Okay, so it really harms their ability to also uh, optimize campaigns and, and look at performance data. Um, so Apple really took this opportunity and they're now uh, shifting very heavily towards their Apple Search Ads uh, platform because they have the data. And so where do, you, where do you think this goes? Where does this end up in six months, 12 months, two years? It's, it's a, there isn't a, a simple answer or just one answer to this question because the, the many scenarios this can, can, can go to. Um, I think that um, Google and Facebook will, will align with, with Apple's uh, privacy uh, changes and they will also enroll the privacy changes to their own users. I think this will happen. I think that uh, you'll see more and more um, companies using 
uh, AI for creative analysis uh, and, and tools like Allison to be able to really understand what's going on with their display campaign because otherwise you'll be practically blind. And uh, the, you know, the first companies to adopt it will be the, 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 the last ones to last. Uh, within the within the group, and the reason is because the, the the sooner you adopt a new technology, the more experience you get with it, and you are able to drive the more uh, you know more uh, benefits and and performance out of it. So, what I'm a top tip I would I would say to your to, to our listeners is don't wait for the you know for the wave to to happen. Try it now. Use it now. Gain the experience now. So with a, within a year or two, you won't be left outside of the game. I think also we're going to see more high-level collaboration, tech, technical collaboration, joint ventures with, let's say, agencies and the, the big tech firms, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and also Apple. Um, because in the end of the day, they, they will really need to tap into this resource and they will really need to tap into this uh, experience and knowledge that is still within those companies, the, the, the performance agencies, the tech companies that drive the performance within the industry. So I'll give you an example and we can finish with that, I think. Um, but now we're enrolling a new uh, joint venture and it's the first of its kind in the world with with Facebook in Israel. So uh, we're doing a, we're doing a joint venture in which we're going to nurture fifty different startups together with with Facebook. So Facebook is going to bring their support. Yellowhead is going to bring all of the knowledge and the expertise and our tech tools and our AI to the mix. And together we're going to uh, scale those fifty clients. To you know that they're small startups, they only have probably a few thousands of dollars of, of budgets. We're, together, we're going to scale them up, uh, hopefully to the million. So this is the the, the very first of its kind. Uh, uh, it's a it's a it's an experiment for Facebook and for us in the world. And I'm happy to say that we're uh, enrolling it very soon. So I think uh, it's it's an, a, a very interesting uh, trend that is also going on within the industry. And I'm happy to be uh, to be leading it. Let's talk a little bit more about that for a moment, where clearly big things are happening in Israel with technology, with some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, like Facebook, tons of tech companies in Israel. I mean, where do you see this going? And is, are there things happening that are different in Israel? Or is it actually just one big global mashup of and everyone's doing the same thing? So no, I think Israel is really special in that sense, and I'll, I'll be uh, not very uh, objective, but but I'll, but I'll be very honest. I think Israel is really a pioneer in the in the uh, innovation and startup world, and the reason is that the the, the typical Israeli, the average Israeli, is a very go get it kind of a person. Um, you know, very mature, very tries uh, to, to stay on top of the competition. There's, Israel is a small country and you have competition over schools, you have competition over universities, you have competition over the, the, the good jobs and positions. So there's this constant competition. And also as, as business owners, as startups, as uh, entrepreneurs, we always try to look for the, this edge this you know key factor, this key factor to success, as something that will leverage your uh, your growth more than others. So I think this is why Israelis are really really good at it. And technology, 
Um, I would say also that look, uh, Facebook uh, has a huge. Uh, they have a huge office in Israel, uh, as, as well as Amazon, uh, Google, uh, Apple. Uh, Microsoft, Intel, and many, many other companies. IBM. My sister works at IBM, for example. So, you know, for, for, for us, it's a it's a very much of a global atmosphere. But we are able to bring our uh, skills and expertise uh, to the global market. So this is why I think the Israeli Israel is like a catapult to I would say that the tech uh, the tech world. Um, thank you, Asaf, for telling us more about Yellowhead, about some of the changes that are happening, performance marketing, and for, for all the advice and joining us on today's Startup Stack. This was awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Luis. I, uh, I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Asaf for joining me today. To learn more about Yellowhead and the work they do, check out the link to their Rocket Place profile in the show notes. Also, quick heads up, we're going on summer break, and I'm off to get a tan. You should, too. The Startup Stack comes back on June 15th. I'll talk to you all then. The Startup Stack, written and edited by Hannah Levy, produced by Leah Jackson.